As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Podcast. Uh, as we know it, well, actually, it's not even the last show as we know it for this year because uh, sh- shaken up and stirred crew. Chris Vaccaro's here. Yo, yo. What's Eric up? Moody's here. Oh, so, oh, pardon me. Sorry, there you're done. That's it. I'm in. I'm done. Eric Moody's here. Wait, 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 wait a second. Am I on the right show? <laughs> you better believe it. Like, what's going yeah. on? Chris Vaccaro, how you doing, my man? Happy holidays. Mr. Moody, happy holidays to you. It's a pleasure to finally do a show with you. I've been asking to do one all year long, and Nando is uh, trying to keep us apart. Well, not, not anymore, my friend. Not anymore. There you go. The world was not ready for this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> today's show, um, obviously these two men have helped you uh, to a championship, win your league, hopefully. Um, you know, just do well generally and save you a lot of, of stress and frustration and, and homework throughout the year. Uh, so we want to look ahead to 2021 and, uh, this show is going to be kind of neat. We did a mock draft. Um, it'll be up. I think by the, by the time you hear this, it should be up on the site. If you're not a subscriber to the athletic, go check it out. Uh, it's, it's good stuff. It's very informative, uh, interesting picks here and there. You know, a lot of them from Selfino, but, uh, I wanted to get these two guys together. To talk about 2021, um, Vicaro obviously wrote a story that may or may not be up on the site when you hear this uh, about the mistakes he's made and the right moves that he made this season. Uh, Moody was setting you forward with uh, some stats and some things you should take a look at. Um, so we're going to look at 2021 and what we can learn from this year. Players were kind of ditching some that were embracing a little fully. Um, and I just want to start with this relatively simple question. After this year, and I'll start with you, Vaccaro, uh, when you look ahead, and I know you obsess over this stuff because I've known you for a while, what's this draft going to look like next year? Is it going to look the same as this year, like running back heavy early, uh, and then you know some wide receivers, and then running backs again, and maybe Travis Kelsey? Is that what your, your first round is going to look like next year? Yeah, you know, Nando, I don't think it's going to look too, too different. I mean, I think what we learned this year is you need to have these big-time bell cow running backs uh, to win. Um and I think next year people will, uh, I don't want to say move wide receivers more up the board, but 
you know, these elite wide receivers now are going to come back into play, you know, a little earlier on than I think we saw this past season. And I think Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, uh, those elite tight ends that people are always like, hey, you know what, I don't I don't really want to take a tight end early. I think they see after this season that it can be a difference maker in your league and in an overall uh, to have these uh, two guys and, and separate yourself from everyone else. So I think they'll uh, be locked into the second round, those two uh, elite tight ends. Eric Moody, how are you looking? Same same thing. I mean, every year it seems like we get this new strategy, like the RB heavy or the zero RB. Like it's it seems like it's almost stay the course uh, for the first time in a while. I feel like. Yeah, I, I do agree with uh, Vicaro for where it's being more. I would say it would be more running back heavy. It's just it's tough going into a draft having like a pre you know pre you know strategy like hey I'm only going zero RB or I'm only going like you know running back heavy or or, or a robust RB you just have to be flexible but it's kind of tough thinking about the first like beyond like the first five or six rounds I'm like we could be looking at a, a draft next year where it's like you know Dalvin Cook McCaffrey Kamara you know Saquon Barkley Derrick Henry like a Nick Chubb you know the first like six picks. And so I think it'll be eerily similar to what it was last year. Running backs for those first six or seven picks, and then on the back end of round one, you can get like a Tyree Kill, you know, Devontae Adams, or, you know, Travis Kelsey. But I think what's really intriguing, which, you know, could end up being like a, you know, obviously like a league-winning move. You know, I'm just thinking the, the possibility of being able to get a guy like Ezekiel Elliott in the latter part of the first round, like early second. So that really gets me excited. Yeah, yeah, I think oh, sorry, just to, just to jump in on that, what I was trying to say, uh, you know, if I if I wasn't clear, was exactly what Eric was saying. Like the first six seven picks, I think will still be running backs, but where the difference is is you know this past year we saw the first round pretty much ten running backs, two receivers, and sometimes eleven running backs and one receiver, other than Michael Thomas and Devonte Adams at the end of the first. I think next year you're going to see a lot of first rounds looking like six and six or seven and five. Um, you know, I don't think people are going to hesitate. The the dominant wide receiver ones this year that are coming on and, you know, going into next season, people want to get those hands on those 20 plus points every week. And uh, I don't think people are going to be scared to go back to the, the strategy that was very popular two or three years ago with building off your wide receivers uh, depending on how much running back depth there is. There wasn't that much running back depth this past season in drafts. It died out really quickly after your top 24 overall uh, on the board. And, and the, the rounds three through five were all wide receiver heavy, and you really couldn't find that many good running backs there. I think next year the running back depth is going to increase, uh, and you're going to be able to find some decent backs in those third and fourth rounds that are going to allow people to go wide receiver heavy early on. Look, third and fourth round running backs in this mock that we did, which is 12-team mock, .5 PPR, uh, included Antonio Gibson uh, right in the middle of the third, Cam Akers in the third, Travis Etienne, mm -hmm. uh, Najee Harris we, we dropped to the fourth, Chris Carson in the fourth, Joe Mixon in the fourth, uh, David Montgomery fell to the fifth. Um, so there you go. I mean, like... Yeah, uh, right there. Yeah. I mean, you, you're talking right? a lot of... Lot of you know, big time backs that you could just get production from. Now, if now put in front of those names, two big time wide receiver ones, you know, and that's going to be very enticing to drafters. Right. Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, Antonio Gibson, David Montgomery could be a start to a draft. If you know, if you look at this mock, it'd be interesting.
Um, Moody, uh, Chris, Chris likes to mock people who took Lamar Jackson early in his columns very openly. Uh, what are you looking at next year for, first of all, what's been your quarterback philosophy and what are you looking at next year? Like, did we learn anything about the quarterbacks this year that can inform a draft decision next year? No, I, I think we did because, you know, a lot of people expected Lamar Jackson to, to pick up, you know, where he left off, you know, the previous season, you know, and just hit the ground running, you know, no pun intended. Uh, but I think what we saw happen is I'm like, he struggled, you know, making that, you know, progression from one year to the next, especially as a passer. I'm like, his true passer rating and some other advanced metrics are really low. But always my philosophy is to to wait, you know, on quarterback. Or if you want to get a guy like Jackson who has the potential to be, you know, like the QB1, like in the sixth, seventh, or eighth round, I'd rather just wait. And I know one guy I was really high on going into, you know, this season, you know, the 2020 season was uh, Kyler Murray. And so I felt like he delivered, you know, what fantasy uh, managers were expecting. So I'd rather just wait to try to find like the next Lamar Jackson or the next Kyler Murray. That's always been my philosophy. Is that a, and Vicaro, you loved Kyler Murray. Can you apply that same kind of logic that made you love, uh, you love Murray, you love Wilson and Dak uh, who Prescott. was a third? Yeah. Dak yeah. Dak Prescott. Prescott. Mm-hmm. Those are like your big three that you were getting in a lot of the, I mean, I, I guess you could just say you'd want those three again in a way, but, um, I feel oh, like Murray's, Murray's jumped a little too far. Oh, the price is going to be way yeah. up on, on all three of those guys. And, and that's the difference. I think that's why the strategy, you know, looked so perfect to me coming into the season was I was had to pay a seventh round, you know, uh, draft price on those three guys. That's where they were coming off the board in the high stakes market. Uh, and in regular drafts as well, you know, that sixth, seventh, eighth round where you don't have to um, you know, pay up a big time price of a Mahomes and a Lamar uh, this past season in the second round. Uh, Mahomes was a hit. If you took Mahomes in the second round or early third round this year, it's worked out perfectly. You know, it, it's that's what you pay up for. Uh, you know, if you did it for Lamar Jackson, it didn't work out that well. But, you know, next season, you're going to see guys like Kyler Murray. Um, I think Russ Wilson's uh, losing some steam. He's going to have some nice value again, whereas. If you would have asked us this question probably four weeks ago, I would have said, oh, Russell Wilson's going to be a, you know, a third round draft pick next season. But now he's probably going to fall back into that fifth, sixth round range again with with his slow finish here. Uh, And I'll be interested in him again if that's the, the, you know, the target price. So it all depends on what these guys ADP is going to be. But I think you're going to see some of these guys uh, moving up. So, like, I guess taking their places, would you consider, uh, and Moody, I'll go to you for this, like, Tua, uh, Jalen Hurts, maybe Herbert, um, maybe even Ryan Tannehill, who, I, like, the more I watch him throw to Corey Davis and uh, and A.J. Brown, they're just so good. And you throw maybe a healthy John U. Smith in there for the year. And I, I don't know, man. Like, so are, are those guys maybe, like, this year's versions of those sixth and seventh round quarterbacks that Vaccaro was, was kind of getting on all his teams and finding some success with him? If Dak didn't get hurt, obviously, that would have been another story, but... Um, are those the ones who can kind of take like that, that quote unquote next step, or are you, are you kind of eyeballing some other people? No, you, you hit on one name that I, I'm, you know, have in my sights, uh, you know, quite a bit is, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. I, I think he'll be one, he'll be one of those guys. Now I know he's given everyone kind of a taste of what he's capable of, you know, the latter part of the season, but I must admit, I'm just really impressed by how he looks as a passer. I was thinking it was going to take a little bit more time for all the dots to get connected and for the light to go on there. But I'm just thinking about what he's doing now, you know, as a passer, 
And also he's athletically gifted. You know, he can create yards with his legs and also additional time to throw the ball. But I'm just thinking with what he could, what he could, what he could be next year, you know, with his first NFL off season and we'll see how things progress, you know, with the pandemic with COVID. So hopefully we'll have a chance to kind of get out with his receivers and work with them all off season going into uh, next year's preseason. But I think he's a guy that could be the next Lamar Jackson or the next, you know, Kyler Murray, and it, it one guy that will be on my radar for next season. Chris, and, are you And I'll just throw in, I'm sorry, no, I'm, I'll just throw in the guy that I'll be the highest on uh, going Rogers. into next season. Here we uh, go. Nah, you know, I, you know how much I love Aaron Rodgers, and, and he'll be high, <laughs> but uh, Josh Allen's going to be the guy that I'm circling now uh, going into next year's draft. But I, I feel like that, you know, the momentum for him and, and drafters is building and building from what we see all season here and going into next year with a, you know, another season with digs uh, along with him and seeing what else they put around him. Uh, and this team is ascending. Uh, he gives you the, the rushing yards. He, he's, you know, he can, he, he's got his, the legs to, to, you know, help you in the rush department. Uh, I want to see what the price is for Josh Allen. He'll be a top five fantasy quarterback off the board next year. I just want to see what the price is in drafts. And, uh, you know, that'll be my Kyler Murray going into next year. Beller got Josh Allen as the fifth quarterback overall and the third pick of the fifth round. Actually, there's a fifth run. There was Murray, Wilson, and then Allen. Just boom, 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 run like that with the first three picks of that round. Murray, Wilson, Allen as the three, four, and five quarterbacks off the board? Yeah, yeah. Mahomes one, Lamar Jackson two. Murray, Wilson, Allen. Wow, so Lamar uh, stayed as the the second quarterback off, off the board? Yeah, probably pretty smart guy who picked him. Oh, that had to be you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> of course. Um, yeah, I, I could have told you that. I don't even have the thing open. I could have told you that was you. Um, that yeah, won't happen. I'm a professional podcaster, man. That, that won't happen uh, next year. But, um, yeah, Josh Allen, top five uh, fantasy quarterback. And you know what? Maybe fifth round fourth round uh that's where you'll see him i still think lamar jackson was hurt had that week off with covid got to heal his knee a little bit and now he's back to being regular lamar jackson that listen, dude hurt his knee in the preseason listen i make fun of you i i make fun of you for that but i will say this the there will be nice draft value i think on lamar jackson next year everybody's down on him people that took him this year aren't happy with him uh you know with what they got out of him so when you have a player that, you know, people like, you know, they, they were disappointed in, he tends to fall the following season an extra round or two from where he really should be going. Uh, if they give him another weapon in the offense and he's got a fifth or sixth round target price on him, uh, that's, that's something I'll be looking at for sure. You know, I got um, Moody, I got, I got a lot, speaking of the team that I'm getting a lot of crap for, um, I got a lot of crap for taking Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the second round. Oh, God. Uh, well, look, you know, he was a th- he was a 13th running back off the board. It wasn't like, you know, I was just casually taking him. They were they were drying up pretty quickly. Um, you know, the, the guys left on the board. Let me see if I can pull this up. Jonathan Taylor, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, and then I took Edward Tiller. Uh Beller grabbed DeAndre Swift after that. And then Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, and Cam Akers went after. But I'm thinking Clyde edwards Hilaire is not going to have Le'Veon Bell there next year. I mean, I'm sure people could worry about Damian Williams coming back. Um, I mean, I'm assuming Le'Veon Bell won't be there next year. He's on a one-year million-dollar contract. Um, Edward, this command, I mean, people are grabbing Edwards Hilaire and you know the sixth or seventh overall pick this year. 
And to see him fall to the second round with the same kind of logic on that same kind of high-powered offense, um, I don't know. I don't know if I'm dumb, but feel free to call me that if you'd like. No, I wouldn't call you. I wouldn't call you dumb for making that move, Nando. Thank it's you. uh, thank you, friend. Yeah, so you don't you don't have to worry about that. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't do that to you. It's a you don't want to ask me that. You don't want to. I was just gonna say. I was just gonna say, Moody. That's why Nando didn't ask that question to me. Well, no, because it's his turn. Because you're talking a lot. That's no, what. no, no. I'm saying that the call me dumb part, not the question. Yeah, I would. I would. I was trying to put some. You know, kind of, you know, Vicaro and I are playing pretty well off of each other. Had a feeling he's gonna be way, way, way. I can't, I can't promise that. I'm not gonna say that. But um, with uh, with Hilaire, it's like you, you brought up some really good points. Uh, he, he's tethered to the the Chiefs, you know, offense and all their major players. You know, will be back there next season. You know, obviously Mahomes, Tyree Kill, you know, Travis Kelsey, and they have a, a solid, you know, offensive line. And it's something with him that you can't discount is. Always, I'm always fascinated by rookie players. You know, coming into the league, it's a lot different than college uh, because that that's your job. You don't have to go to class, and you're going to the facility. You know, once they get acclimated to kind of how things are, you know, at the professional level, they can make a significant jump from their rookie season, you know, to their uh, their second season. I think that's something that we'll see with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and so he's one of those guys, Nando, for where you got him in the second round of this mock. It's like. I mean, he can easily give you, you know, a first round value once the dust settles on next season. So, no, I, I like the move. You know, people may be laughing now, but they won't be laughing next year. Yeah, thanks, Moody. Uh, Chris Vaccaro, praise that pick as well, if you'd like. The the Clyde Edwards one? Uh, listen, <laughs> yeah. I, I again, it, it's not – you're not far off. It's, it's not going to be like Clyde Edwards is like a sixth rounder. I think he'll wind up falling a little bit further than the second round where you took him. And I think you mentioned a bunch of running backs – that went after him. I think I would have, as you were saying each name. I think I would have took every single one of them over. Well, no, it was aware. it was Swift, Sanders. Donuts. This is after. Wait, this is after Alaire, Just so I'm clear. This is. Hold on. I got. Hold on. Well, now I got to do this. Which way does the first round go? Which way is the second? Yeah. Okay. Swift was after him. Sanders was after him. Mm-hmm. Dobbins, Antonio Gibson, Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Chris Carson, Najee Harris. I can keep going. Uh, I mean, I. I mostly all of those running backs I would take over Alaire. Definitely right off the bat, Swift and Dobbins I will totally take way before oh, you, you love Bell- Beller's got all these guys you love, by the way. Well, because Beller's a smart guy. He's a good drafter. I mean, so props to Beller. I mean, there's no way. Listen, Peterson's not going to be there in Detroit. Kerryon Johnson shouldn't be there now. I mean, he's on one leg. That whole backfield is going to be Swift. I can actually make a well, argument though, for DeAndre they- Swift being a late First round, early second round pick next year. How about we that? We don't know who the coach is going to be, though. I what don't if care. The coach is, uh, I don't care. This is a this. Right. It will be his show next year. The same what way. What if it'll they draft be, Etienne? What if they draft Etienne? I mean, that's just a ridiculous statement. Why would well, they draft the Rams Etienne did this year? after just taking DeAndre Swift early? Why did the Rams the draft, draft Cam Akers? Did did they take Malcolm Brown in the first round, the second round, the year before? I mean, they took Daryl Henderson. What what round was Henderson? This the year before. They, oh, I mean, you should know I, this stuff. <laughs> I think he was a third rounder. Um, what if they sign Le'Veon Bell? Oh, so yeah. We don't great. know what's going to happen with DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, it'll be his backfield in Detroit. Uh, and I think he's a top 20 overall pick next season. Same with Dobbins. Same with Jonathan Taylor. Darrell uh, Henderson was the third round 73rd overall go. in the 2019 draft. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and you know what? Maybe. 
McVeigh this past season just knew that Henderson wasn't the answer after having him for a year and loved Cam Akers that much and saw some value in him and wanted to go with a one-two uh, running back approach, knowing that Gurley was, uh, you know, leaving. Uh, they were moving on from Gurley. So every situation is different. D- the Lions will not draft Travis Etienne. I, well, right, I was just given a weird scenario. I know. Well, that's what you uh, do. I mean, Philadelphia could, you know, Baltimore could, anyone could. And it, he's going to show up somewhere and he's going to mess up someone's plans, basically. Okay. I mean, we can't see the future of where he's going to land. Uh, I do love Travis ATN more than I don't, maybe anybody. I've been watching him for, for years now, and I think he's the next future superstar NFL running back. Uh, and, and if he doesn't hit the ground running right away in his rookie season, he's somebody that will be drafted in the first round of fantasy drafts for, for a long time coming. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Moody, uh, as you look at, I guess, just the group of everybody, uh, is there, like, you know, every year someone makes that leap. Like, someone makes just that big leap. Um, and looking at this first round, it looks like DK Metcalf's that guy who went uh, to Michael Selfino with a 10th pick in the first round. James Robinson, uh, Jake took him at the end of the first round. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, you know, I don't know, not expected, but I'm kind of looking a little bit like A.J. Brown to me could make that leap to, like, and you know what? You wrote the tiers article for basketball. So it's probably like leaped up, leap up just a couple tiers. You know, it goes from fourth tier mm-hmm. to second tier. Um, is there anyone you're looking at who who you think, when the dust kind of settles on these drafts, you know, in August next year, there's going to be a guy who just made like a, a jump, and you're like, all right, I could, you know, CD Lamb. Yeah, I could see that. Is there is there someone you're eyeballing that's going to make just that permanent jump up a couple tiers and stay there? I know one one name that came to mind was um, was like Justin Jefferson. I'm trying to think where where did he end nice. up going in this uh, like in this yeah. mock what third or fourth round? Who ended up grabbing him? Salfina? Uh, Justin Jefferson. That's the exact name I was going to say, Moody. So you hit on that one. Yeah, right I'm there. just like yeah. given how um, how he's mm-hmm. played, you know, this season, he's been ridiculously productive. Uh, and I just think about with Adam Thielen, I'm like, who's, who's had a, a great deal of success? But when you look at like his age, and then when wide receivers like decline, I'm like what we saw from him is not, not surprising. So he just wasn't a guy that I was aggressively, you know, targeting like in drafts, uh, you know, this past season, but I say Justin Jefferson, uh, is a wide receiver name, I guess at running back. I think a lot of those names have already kind of popped up in this draft, you know, like Deandre Swift, uh, you know, JK Dobbins, uh, you know, those are some names that popped up like I was with James Robinson. So 
I'll, I'll kind of pass the, the buck over to uh, Vaccaro, but if any others pop in my yeah, name. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. on you, Vaccaro. But, yeah, I think Jefferson would be the I guy. I mean, at, at the wide receiver – at the wide receiver position, Jefferson's the first guy I, I, that jumped into my head. Um, I think he'll be a top 24 overall pick. I think the biggest jump we'll see is two veteran names and one rookie name. Um, Stefan Diggs and Keenan Allen. I think these two guys that were drafted in the sixth round uh, of drafts this past season, I think you can make a case for them late first round, uh, uh, mid to early second round. They have the quarterbacks attached to them. They're the focal points of their passing games. They're 100-catch-plus receivers. Uh, there's no reason why these guys can't be looked at as top 15, top 16 overall picks next year. Um, uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think, is a guy that will see his stock value skyrocket this offseason into next year as a top, I'd say, 36 overall wide receiver. Uh, as well as not only Ayuk, but let's look at this whole rookie class of wide receivers this past season. It's the greatest rookie class ever, and all these guys are going to have huge value going into next year besides Jefferson and Ayuk. So, um, Chase, Chase Claypool went in the fourth round. That might be a little too—I mean, depending on what happens— uh, maybe they move on from Juju. I don't know. Maybe you know, I'm just giving out a scenario where— uh, you know, th- that their their wide receiver core becomes two guys. Just say they go into next season with just a Deontay Johnson and a Chase Claypool and move move Juju in the offseason. Now I think Chase Claypool is a top, you know, four-round pick. I think if that's not the case and Juju's still there, that's a little too rich for my blood. Moody, do you think Deontay Johnson's stock has been totally killed by the last few weeks? Um, he was wide receiver 17 taken in the fourth round. Um, I mean, if, if the season just stopped at like week 10, would Deontay Johnson have been like, Oh, maybe he's a second round pick. You know, it, it was, is he just plummeted? I, Cause I, that's how I feel. Like, you know, if we, if we stopped paying attention a little while ago, Deontay Johnson was basically stud level. And now he's kind of just be not, not like a joke, but like people are just not even starting him in the championship games. Yeah, no, his stock has plummeted and, you know, I think it's correlated to, uh, Ben Roethlisberger's quality of play. Like he's just not driving the, the ball down the field um, when you watch him on film. And I know he said that he wants to come back for next season. You know, who knows what will end up happening there. But I just think with his uh, arm strength at this point, you know, obviously has a negative impact on uh, Deontay Johnson because he's not able to really attack defenses vertically. Uh, so now I would say his stock has dropped. One other name while um, Fikera was going through some players that uh, I feel like could hop multiple tiers would be uh, Jalen Rager especially with having Hurts uh, under center, which I'm, I'm assuming that's going to happen. It's like the genie's out of the bottle now. We can't put it back in, regardless if, if uh, Carson Wentz is going to throw an adult temper tantrum. But <laughs> so, you know, Jalen Rager's another guy I think everyone should keep on their radar. Rager was the 47th uh, wide receiver taken in the ninth round. Right after Michael Pittman, but before Marquise Brown, Vaquero's guy, Marquise Brown. <laughs> yeah, that was a complete must, uh, bust uh, this season. Definitely my worst, uh, you know, draft pick or draft cap. You know, guy I invested in a lot was Marquise Brown. That was and and go, and go figure. He's starting to turn it on a little bit now. These last couple of weeks with, with touchdowns and yesterday, uh, I think we, was it fifteen uh, six for a hundred. So he turned it on late, but 
You know, there's a lot of these wide receiver names that you look at on the board, and it's like, man, you can make a case for them being second rounders, early third round. Will Fuller, if he comes back to Houston with Watson, and and is the you know he proved he's a wide receiver one this year, and if they don't make any other real moves in that offense, uh, you know, how does Will Fuller not come off the board as a, a top twenty four overall pick? And the same thing with Terry McLaurin. You know, I love Terry McLaurin, and, and uh, I'll be looking for him, you know, real early in drafts next year. Uh, how are you guys approaching T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd? I, I can't, like, I love T. Higgins. I can't make heads or tails. Maybe there is no number one there. You know what I mean? Maybe it's a one and a one mm. or a one A and one B. But, like, how, how are you guys, uh, Moody, how are you approaching T. Higgins versus Tyler Boyd when you start looking at him next year? Yeah, I'd rather have uh, T. Higgins. You know, he has a really good rapport, you know, with uh, Joe Burrow. You know, wish him, obviously, a speedy recovery, you know, with the knee injury. But I always prefer those receivers that get targeted, uh, you know, downfield. And I, I can check to confirm this, but I, I want to say he accumulated more air yards than uh, than Tyler Boyd. Uh, Tyler Boyd obviously can't speak today. Yeah, but that's the guy that I want, Higgins over Boyd. It's close for me, Nando. Um, I loved both of these guys, and they were both fantasy studs with Burrow. The question going into next year is how much time is Joe Burrow going to miss? And that's going to depend on my answer for this one with Higgins and Boyd, because I might be out on both of them if Burrow is going to miss the first half of next season. There's been, you know, different reports. Uh, Originally, when this happened, it said, you know, Burrow's not going to be ready until like next November because of the time recovery from all his injuries. And then the latest report I heard was, you know, Burrow will probably be on pace to be there right around the start of the season. So if I knew he was going to be there at worst by the end of September, uh, man, I love both of these guys. Uh, You will assume that A.J. Green is out of Mm -hmm. the offense. And, uh, you know, Tyler Boyd was on pace for a wide receiver one. He was carrying my fantasy team's uh, I, I love Boyd. He's he was on a lot of my teams this uh, past season, and he was absolutely getting it done. Um, you know, if Burrow's there, Boyd is a, a slightly ahead of Higgins for me, just because of that rapport that they had uh, together. I want to talk about a couple uh, third round receivers who I, I feel like I don't know if you guys are like me. There's just some players that you don't. I mean, this is you know what this is more like a baseball thing for me than football because if someone falls to me and they're still valuable, I'll take them. But I feel like it's just like grown. Like, well, I don't like, I don't want to deal with this right now. And so at the start of the third round, Amari Cooper, Selfino took him at the end of the third round, Jake took Julio Jones. And it's just kind of like Cooper's so inconsistent. And Jones is just, uh, I don't know, injured all the time. And like trying to play through and that aggravates it more that I just don't know if I, I want to deal with it anymore. And to a lesser degree, I think Debo Samuel's kind of just a little bit turned into that. Um, but where, where do you guys stand? Moody, we'll start with you on, on Amari Cooper and, Am I wrong to group them together, first of all, or uh, or am I wrong to just be like, I don't even, I just don't want anything to do with them? Yeah, I don't think you're wrong to to group those two guys uh, together, uh, especially with how uh, Calvin Ridley's played, you know, whether Julio's been in the lineup, you know, or not. Plus, he's also getting up there in age, you know, on, on the wrong side of uh, 30. And he'll continue to produce, but I think what we're kind of seeing is the when Julio earlier in his career, you know, with uh, Roddy White, we're kind of passing the torch over. So he'll still be viable. Uh, the thing with, with Cooper, it really all comes down to Dak Prescott, you know, if he's there. I'm a little bit more optimistic about, about Cooper in that scenario if Prescott, you know, returns. But 
And, but, you know, the only thing is we got CeeDee Lamb there and also Michael Gallup who will still command targets and air yards. So I'm almost leaning more towards, like, going with Julio because if you're able to get Julio, like, in the third round, I'm like, that's a heck of a value, like, in my opinion, for someone that can still be really productive and even even more so at, at that cost and if you have to get him in, in, the, uh, in the first round. So I just think he'll be a, a steadier dose of targets and air yards more so than Cooper. And I think even more reliable to a degree than Cooper. Carol, how about you? Are you are you? Do you get sick of guys? Are you just like no more? I know you write about it. Do you actually practice that? So this is a perfect question for this particular guy, is because about you know two years ago I said I, there was no bigger Julio guy than me in, in fantasy drafts. Um, if Rogers was my quarterback that everybody knew about, Julio was always my wide receiver one that I wanted on every team. He used and, to wear his jersey out on dates. Yes. I remember. Yeah, yeah, you remember that. You have the yeah. pictures, right? We, yeah, when we course. double dated that one time and you were wearing the uh, – the, eh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, not even gonna go down, I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you. Anyway, so, you know, I just, I just threw the towel in on Julio. You know, he was great for so long, but you see the injuries that, you know, these past two seasons, uh, there's too many hamstring injuries – so and and Moody brought up a great point. It's the exact situation we saw in Atlanta years ago with the passing of the torch from Roddy White to Julio. You know, going into next season, I'm viewing Calvin Ridley as the one and Julio as, as you know, I would take Ridley way before uh, Julio next year in drafts. Um, I, I think I'm done. I'm done on Julio. I don't really care how much value I get on him. I just think there'll be too many missed games and, and, and stuff like that. On the opposite side, though, I'll be back in on Cooper. I think we'll get a. I think we'll get a nice value on Amari Cooper next season, getting Dak back and uh, and this Cowboys offense uh, with the arrow pointing up again. So for me, I'd rather have Cooper next year than Julio. Are you guys looking ahead to anyone? Like you know, like when a when a free agent leaves, uh, you know, who's going to be the next guy up? Um, because Salfino actually did something interesting towards the end. Uh, and by the way, it seems like we're saying the same names over and over. It's because we each took two teams. So there was Selfino one, Funston one, Beller one, Sealy one, Nando one, DVR one, Nando two, Beller two, DVR two. What um, team was so, worse, Nando one or Nando two? Well, I can I'll tell you what. I'll read them both to you, and you let me know which one you hate most. Okay. Uh, but first, let me get this question out, sir, if I may. <laughs> now I lost it. Who I was going to talk about? I hope you're happy. <laughs> Sorry. The end. Uh, <laughs> um. Wait, so I'm looking at Salfino's team, and I don't see him here. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it was blue. A.J. Dillon in the seventh round, uh, sixth round as the 27th running back off. Oh. His thinking, and he wrote about this in his column, was that Aaron Jones is going to be gone. Um, A.J. Dillon's awesome. So he'll be that guy. And, I mean, if you think about it like that, and you think A.J. Dillon, as the Green Bay Packers' lead running back, in the sixth round seems like a value. And I know this is December, December mock, but uh, Moody, are you looking – I mean – Feel free to opine on A.J. Dillon, but is there anyone else who stands out to you uh, who might be worth, like, getting inside your brain right now? Like, I know James Conner's out. I grabbed Anthony McFarland at the very end of this. Um, are you eyeballing anybody in particular like that who's going to have someone ahead of them gone, most likely, um, who, you know, you should be like, let's let's give them, a, you know, if you're going to do any of these early best balls, you're going to start drafting in some of these January, February whatevers just for some fun, keep an eye on these people because – they might have a bigger impact than you realize right now. Yeah, because um, it's funny that you mentioned AJ Dillon. That was, <laughs> that was that was one name that I was thinking about. You know, just given the contract situation with um, you know Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, I know both of those guys will want to get paid. 
I know they did, you know, select Dylan, you know, number 62 overall in the 2020 NFL draft, you know, for, uh, for a reason. So he's someone that'll definitely get some, uh, get some run, but there's, um, I really can't say there's any other players that are, that are out there, at least from like a, you know, upcoming, you know, contract situation that, that I have my eye on, uh, right now. It's, it's no names that come to mind. So I may go to Vaccaro, uh, then I'll give it some thought. And I may chime back yeah, in. Yeah, fast to Vaccaro. <laughs> <laughs> Just what Nando wants. Yes. <laughs> no, I think the guy that comes to my mind, I think T.Y. Hilton will be out of Indianapolis uh, next year, and I think it'll be a perfect situation for Michael Pittman to you know take that huge second-year leap. Uh, and I think the value will be there on draft boards where he won't be that high. Uh, he didn't have that great of a rookie season. He didn't put up the numbers. But you Would know, you call him a he- disappointment? So many people were talking I, Pittman, Pittman, Pittman around like week eight. And then uh, just kinda... You know, well, if you looked at him from week eight and, uh, you know, from what we expected onwards, you know, I guess then. But coming into the season, he was drafted so late. He was an afterthought in draft. So it wasn't like he was a disappointment where, you know, people took him so early and expected anything out of him. Pittman in drafts this year was just, you know, the last receiver you drafted, uh, you know, as a wide receiver six on your bench and hope that maybe uh, – you know, things popped and it really didn't. So, but in week eight, yeah, you know, he, he had that one big game and then everybody was like, all right, well, T.Y. Hilton's done. So now Pittman's going to come on and be the, uh, you know, wide receiver one on this team. And what happened was it wound up going the opposite way where T.Y. Hilton had a late season revival just in time to probably get a decent contract from uh, another team, you know, with a small one or two year deal. Uh, I think they'll move on from him as long as Rivers is there for one more season Pittman steps in as the uh, the one. All right, I've got some on and, 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 and I'm sorry, and just you know, just to piggyback on that real quick, the the running backs that I mentioned early on, I think those are all the guys that you know, with Mark Ingram moving on, J.K. Dobbins becomes a stud, uh, you know, featured back, and the same thing with DeAndre Swift. So situations like that, same thing, Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, I think they'll move on from Marlon Mack. Man, that Jonathan Taylor run. That week 15 touchdown run was something. Anyway, Moody, uh, you were going to say? Yeah, I just had some uh, some names. This depends on, uh, you know, if their respective teams, like, you know, pay them. But, uh, you know, like Chris Godwin, he knows a name. Uh, I know the, the Buccaneers have Antonio Brown there and then some other receivers behind him. So it just comes down to Chris Godwin ends up, uh, you know, signing with the team, you know, long-term contract or even if they, you know, franchise tag him. But then, you know, how could I forget about uh, our boy, Nando, uh, Allen Robinson, too? You know, if the, yes. if the Bears are going to lock him down uh, or they're going to let him kind of put some toes out there in the water, then you got Darnell Mooney, you know, who I'm really high on that's kind of hanging out there that could see uh, some additional opportunities. And then I'll say another guy for where, you know, he still missed time. It wasn't because of an injury. It was because of, uh, you know, PEDs. But Will Fuller, who knows what the Texans are going to do with him? you know, in his situation. And I know they've got adequate, you know, receivers behind him. They got Brandon Cooks, but also, you know, uh, Kiki Kuti that's there. And uh, Isaiah Coulter, who I know uh, Jake Seeley and I are pretty high on. So those are some guys that kind of came to mind while Vicaro was talking that uh, I think our listeners and subscribers at The Athletic can keep on their radar. Just received an Isaiah Coulter card in the mail. Oh, God. (laughs) How much did you pay for that, Nando? $4. Four bucks for Isaiah Coulter rookie no, card. Shipping with shipping. Oh, so the shipping was three ninety eight, and the card was two cents. Right? I don't know how it broke down. It was it was three dollars and eighty cents. Shipping. You know, I nailed it. It was a two cent card, right? Hey, you know, 
Let me have my fun. <laughs> Moving on. All right, Vicaro, want to pick? Moody, you're getting the full experience of a of a Vicaro and Nando uh, pod. I know. I'm loving it. I'm I'm just sitting here like the uh, <laughs> like the meme where the guy's pulling out the folding chair, just just taking it all in, Let baby. The, yeah, just taking yeah, it all yeah. in. Let the insults fly. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions supply customers are rushing to your store do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real pos you need shopify for retail shopify pos is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory shopify has everything you need to sell in person with shopify you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. You want to guess the worst team? Yeah, sure. All right. I'd like you to insult these as much as you'd like, okay? Mm-hmm. Team one, Devontae Adams, George Kittle, Antonio Gibson, Najee Harris, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Javante Williams, Aaron Rodgers, Marquise Brown, Jamison Crowder. Team two, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Etienne, Joe Mixon, Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, Robbie Anderson, Chase Edmonds, Zach Moss, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I can't I can't knock either one of them. Those oh, come on. You're looking at the okay. sheet now, aren't you? You're looking at the sheet. No, I no, I didn't even open the sheet. Um, no, neither one of those is, is bad. You got some nice. See, the Joe Mixon thing is going to be so interesting to me next season. <laughs> those weren't my it, teams. Those are DVRs. I was hoping you'd make fun of DVR. Ah, continue. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. And, and no, I never opened up any of these things. But yeah, I figured. That's so great. Continue oh, with Joe Mixon. That is so great. Uh, yeah, I knew you couldn't draft those two teams. Come on, Nando. <laughs> Joe Mixon is going to be really interesting in drafts next year. I don't know where you guys think he'll wind up going uh, based on the disappointment from this year. But going into next year, he's still going to be the lead back. If Burrow is there, it's going to be an offense that's on the rise. Uh, If if Gio Bernard moves on from this team. And you know what? We've seen what Gio Bernard is this past season. Didn't Gio just have a contract extension? Yeah, I think it was a two-year deal before this past season, so it's on his last year going into this year. I'm just off the top of my head from what I remember, and yeah. they can easily just you know cut him and cut bait in the off season, especially with guys like P. Ryan behind him. Couple you know the kid Williams 
to back up Mixon. But uh, I think Mixon's going to fall too far in drafts with the sour taste in everyone's mouth uh, from this past year. Giovanni Bernard is signed this year and next year. Meaning, what do you mean this year? Like uh, he signed a two year extension. 2022? 2020 and 2021. He'll exactly. be at UFA. Right. His cap hit will be $4.77 million 2021. Listen, he fell out of favor already this season down the stretch. So They might I not mean, even have the same coach. People are talking about Zach Taylor maybe being gone. Nah, I, I don't see that. I, I don't. I don't think they'll get rid of him. Bengals were an, a, a nice competitive team when Burrow was in there, and the offense was on the rise. I mean, there's no way I didn't think Ta- Taylor's gone. I didn't uh, think so either, but I read it somewhere, and yeah. like it was, it was like, it was kind of stated almost as like fact, like he was on the hot seat. Nah, but I thought the I, same thing. Like that doesn't make sense. Yeah. No, that's false info right there. I'd be shocked. I've got something I can add add to that. I like I like the way that uh, the Kara's thinking because just just imagine this. So you got a guy in Joe Mixon. Think about this offseason. If the Bengals actually focus like on their offensive line, like in free agency in the draft, strengthen that. You know, they get Burrow back, which they should. This is a mm-hmm. this is a guy that since coming into the league, like in Mixon, who's averaged like a little bit over 19 opportunities per game. And so it's nothing that suggests that he shouldn't get the volume. What it's kind of reminding me of in a way is uh, you remember like years, years ago, like where um, uh, DeMarco Murray had his breakout season with the other Cowboys where he was readily available, like in the third or fourth rounds of drafts and ended up the care of the finished. What is the uh, RB one that season? Top three. I know for sure. Absolute stud season, and he was a fourth or fifth round draft pick that year. I remember exactly. Yep. I'm like that. That's what kind of reminded me of that type of scenario, like with with Joe Mixon. Now some other pieces that need to get enhanced, but I'm like after this year, I'm like the Bengals will be fools if they don't address like this offensive line because that's the reason that Burrow, their franchise quarterback, ended up getting hurt. They've been giving up pressure all year, and unfortunately came at the worst possible time uh, for Burrow. So. As an ex lineman, and that, that can and that can change in a hurry. You know, if they're smart, which, it, yeah, if they're smart, what they do is they they go sign out, make sure that the one signing they make in free agency is that you know the best offensive lineman they can get, one or two guys, bring in an extra veteran, and and sign a big time offensive lineman free agent, and take an offensive lineman in the first round, which I'd be shocked if they didn't do. Because they know they have to protect Burrow, and that's what got Burrow killed this past season was, you know, versus Washington's D line, and that's what kept Mixon getting hit in the backfield was their offensive line. They have the talent, they have the pieces around them on in the offense. Now it's build the offensive line to protect Burrow and and, and get the ground game with Mixon going. Yeah, because they they've got they've got some really viable like free agents you know that are out there like at the offensive line. I'm like they've got like Trent Williams. You know, end up being out there. Uh, you know, if he hits free agency, uh, I know that's one name that came to mind. Uh, let me think who else. Uh, Brandon Schwerf, um, you know, really good offensive guard. I'm like, if they target, you know, guys like that, I'm like, that could enhance the offensive line, you know, rather quickly. I know those are two guys that kind of came to mind. Uh, I think Tyler, or not Tyler, uh, Taylor Moten. I think he'll be out there too, yeah. another tackle. So my, my point is just that, you know, they'll, they'll have some – some viable options to, to, to cut a check to just to fix this thing yeah. quickly. And they might have to overpay a little bit to get these guys to Cincinnati, mm-hmm. but um, you know, regardless, they, that's their priority mm-hmm. going into the off season. Yeah. I just want to step back and let you two go for it. This is fun. 
This is actually fun. I, I, I forgot you were even there, Nando, for a second, <laughs> no. honestly. I, I mean, you want to take the rest of the show off, you can. All right, go ahead, Fikir. You come up with nah. the topic. <laughs> nah, I, I hand the lead duties sure? back to you. That's what you're so great at, Nando. I mean, nobody's better than you at it, so. At what, topics? At at hosting a show. Uh, stop it, you. Cut it out. <laughs> I, uh, we, we're going to wrap it up in a, in, a, in a little bit, but there, there are two players who I think are kind of hot buttony on, on either end. Um, and I just kinda, So I think it's assumed at this point that Cam Akers is going to be the guy next year. I don't, I don't even want to – I group him with, like, Antonio Gibson – um, maybe even like Josh Jacobs in that they're good. They're established, whatever. Let's move on. Um, David Montgomery is, is buzzy in a good way yes. right now. He's kind of coming to his own at the end. Um, and Odell Beckham jr. Uh, maybe I should have put him up in the Julio Jones talk earlier, but he's, I think he's going to be a hot button guy in draft season. So, uh, I don't know. You guys can run with both of them, either of them, but Moody, you, you threw a yes in there already with David Montgomery. Go for it. Yeah, it's um, it, it was a couple of things that I think about with David Montgomery because Nando, I know during the summer, I know we had a, a many conversations around uh, you know David Montgomery, you know the um, kind of the opportunity he had in front of him, you know with Chicago, uh, you know Juan Castillo being there, but, but obviously what we saw is with with Matt Nagy just you know kind of like a pendulum, you know going back and forth on how he wants to run things. So I think fortunately for for fantasy managers, things did come together at the right time. I'm like he's shaping up to be a, a league winner. Uh, which is awesome, but I think the biggest lesson with a guy like Montgomery is is patience. Is patience. I know you can't be completely patient because you're like, I need to get wins and make the playoffs. But you know, if you're in a position just to just to kind of hold him, because the volume is there, but things finally kind of started to uh, to come together for him. So you may have some people that are looking at him next year, just thinking, okay, kind of a flash in the pan. I'm like, you know, he delivered, you know, late in the season. I don't know if I want to invest like an early, you know, pick in him, but. But if that mindset prevails, I think he's still shaping up to be another really nice value uh, in drafts, like for next year. I'm like, you can readily see him available, like in the you know third, you know fourth round, maybe. He went in the fifth. He went in the fifth. Okay, hey, even even better. That's an even better value. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm like that. That's a guy. What was the uh... Eric? I, Eric, I think that's uh, that, I think that's the interesting what you just said with the you know a third round fourth round price tag and. What I said in the beginning was how I think there's going to be a lot more backs in those middle rounds to allow people to go back to the modified zero RB strategy and build off the two big wide receivers. If Montgomery is available in the in the late third, early fourth rounds, you're going to see a lot of guys go with that approach and go, hey, I'll deal with Mon- Montgomery as my lead back, my RB1 building off of an, you know, like a Adams or, uh, you know, uh, Adams and AJ Brown, just say top two rounds. That's as we head into 2021 drafts, I think that'll be the biggest key because every year the draft board is differently. And when you take over, when you look at the landscape of the draft board, you have to pick and choose. Like, Listen, I'd love to have gone, you know, uh, wide receiver heavy early on. I, I'm comfortable drafting like that all these past years. But you know what? When I looked at how the board set up this past season, I said I can't not take running backs early and go into those middle rounds looking for running backs because there wasn't any mm-hmm. there. So every year the draft board dictates your strategy. Yeah, I've got. Uh, we'll kind of go on the sidebar, Nando. But I think this will be good, like as a as a as a lesson, like for patience but also just will go get the guys that you want and that you'd like. And so I'll give a little context and uh, probably it's not to go too long, but 
it was a uh, an industry league that I participated in. I have every year. Uh, Fantasy Sports Writers Association. I go in deep league. Shout out to uh, Mike Clay for always putting this together. So with the group that I'm in, I'm like it, it's a crazy league. It's super flex, tight end premium. I'm like you can start, you know, one to two quarterbacks, three to four running backs, you know, six to seven wide receivers, you know, anywhere from like one to three tight ends. And so, um, I'm in position to go to the uh, the championship in this. But I, I'll tie all this together. So take a wild guess who like my running backs are. Like I stop. Oh, this is a lesson in patience. Oh, did you want to? Say no, this? no, no. I'm just, I'm just kind of just speaking to like our audience. Just, just think about this. So it's, it's like. Can't... I'd actually like Vicaro to guess. Oh, okay. Uh, hey, Vicaro, go ahead, man. What am I? I'm guessing what? Who was your running backs are when you waited late on running? Yeah, back? I, I will give you, you a, a kind of a, a spoiler. James Robinson, I'm, I'm assuming, is one. Well, no, no, he, he's not because I, I ended up going like zero RB for this. David Montgomery uh-huh. was the first running back I took. Nice. And then uh, the second running back I took was Cam Akers. And so the wow. biggest issue that I had is where these guys weren't hitting is trying to figure out, you know, who am I going to start? And so I was throwing guys like Joshua Kelly in there. Philip Lindsay, <laughs> you know, it was it was a struggle yeah. like each week to get production. But the irony is, and, and, and Nando's probably chuckling as I'll say this is like my third running back that I started last week was uh, was Lynn Bowden because he's running back yes. wide receiver eligible. And then my wide receivers who are humming right now were uh, like Robert Woods, uh, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, you know, Chris Godwin, you know, Jarvis Landry. You know, I had uh, Henry Ruggs, like, in there, too. Uh, Darnell Mooney. Those are other guys that I had. My quarterback, uh, quarterbacks are Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Tannehill. And I had Sam Darnold as my uh, QB3 for uh, for most of the uh, season. My tight ends were Kelsey and uh, TJ uh, Hawkinson. And so. But how did you – but how do you – see, that's my problem with drafting like that is I always have to have at least one – solid running back even if i go heavy wide receiver early i can't to to it's it's too stressful going into each week of the season trying to find running backs just to throw in your team if your wide receivers aren't pumping out every week big time production all of them in your starting lineup you're going to run into too many weeks where your two running backs are giving you five points and three points and you're just getting smoked by other teams that are running out the dalvin cooks and derrick henry's of the world you know, and and I'm sure you ran into that with a team like that, Moody, because Akers gave you nothing for so long. Montgomery wasn't good for a long spell of season. Both of them are humming now, but you know you have to find, you have to get so lucky getting the right guys late in drafts or off the waiver wire to plug in and give you solid production each week. Yeah. So it's it's a really tough way to go about drafting. Yeah. Jeez, Vicaro, how about just nice job, Moody, man? Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice. No, I, I wasn't talking about. I wasn't even talking about. I know, I know, I'm I know, just I know. talking about in general. Yeah, you know, I'm right. sure. Right? I mean, every week you must have been scratching your head, right, Eric? Like, who am I going to play at? You know, running back this yeah, week? Yeah, because it was yeah, like you know, Philip Lindsay, you know, riding him for a little bit, and it was a lot of running backs like added and and, and dropped. You know, just trying to get that production. Like you know, with Miami with their. Uh, 
you know, musical chairs like a running back, you know, taking advantage, you know, of, of that. And um, I was going to say you had to have had some uh, Savannah med weeks, at least two of them in there with that setup, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was guys like that that I was getting. It's just the ones that I knew I wanted to keep because of the playoff schedule. And, and again, I know hope's not a strategy. I was just sitting there thinking, OK, if, if it's not going to happen for Montgomery at this stage of the schedule, then I'm just doomed. Unfortunately, it did, and then with Cam Akers, you know, kind of coming uh, coming to life uh, as well. So it's just it's just interesting. It's kind of one of those formats for where you, you kind of play against each team like every week. You kind of stack, you know, wins, losses, and ties. And so it's fortunate that it's just uh, just panned out. But you know, not celebrating yet. We'll see how uh, you know how week sixteen ultimately goes. So more details to come. But I just thought that was would be a nice exercise to go through, just because with with being patient with some of these players, it's just that. A lot of uh, fantasy managers like, you know, was this player, what, you know, was this player done for me lately? But just some players you just have to hold. It only, I mean, it only matters in weeks 15 and 16. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got to go. This, we've, this is, it seems like it's been a short show, but we've, <laughs> we've hit our time limit. Um, good job, guys. You two work well together. Yeah, no, thank you. We'll let the listeners decide for real, but good times. Uh, listen. Thank you all for uh, for listening, for enjoying this with us, um, for just being on this journey of life. Uh, <laughs> Happy New Year to uh, to everybody listening. We hope you. Uh, I know. Look, 2020. I feel like uh, strengthened my friendship with Chris Vaccaro, but at the same time, you know, everything else is a negative. So, <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you all for listening. Um, hope you hope you enjoyed what you were listening to this year. Uh, you know, more Chris Vaccaro, more Eric Moody coming up in the future. Chris Vaccaro just complained about signing new contracts, so uh, take that. The, the money, the money was just too big. It was, they, they got me ten years. They, they, they got me on the long term deal. You know, we got the Giovanni Bernard like, money. Locked them yeah. up like yeah. John Gruden. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> stock right, in the company. Right, we gotta go uh, for Chris Vaccaro. Yo. All right. For Eric Moody. See ya. Everyone have a good week. Happy holidays. For Michael Beller behind the scenes and his uh, amazingly drafted team, according to Chris Vaccaro, thank you all very much. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll talk to you later.